Bellying up to the nine-foot homemade oak bar, my name is Craig Toth, your host of Minor League News and Brews, talking about everything around the Pirates' minor league system and giving you some beer reviews at the end of the show. Earlier this week, the Pittsburgh Pirates announced the coaching assignments for their four minor league affiliates. You know them the Bradenton Marauders, the Greensboro Grasshoppers, the Altoona Curve, and the Indianapolis Indians. Unfortunately, most of the comments that I saw on social media concerning these assignments had to do with two things. One, people asking where the hitting coach that supposedly or allegedly at this point in time, who knows, helped and how much he helped Cabrian Hayes turn his season around. And the second thing, Glenn Nutting, the strength and conditioning coach for the Altoona Curve with comments concerning, you know, nepotism because, you know, his last name's Nutting. But what people don't realize is that he has actually been with the Pirates organization since, I believe, around 2018-2019, starting out at the Dominican Academy with the Dominican Summer League teams, uh, working his way up, was actually in Greensboro in 2022, and is in the same position he was with the Altoona Curve last season. But all of this stuff really got me thinking about how much people maybe are, I don't know, unaware of the changes that have happened within the minor league system. And I'm not just talking about coaches that have changed or left or, you know, moved up and down throughout the system, have gotten, you know, new jobs, promotions, uh, been tasked with uh, different, I guess, duties within the minor league system. But it goes back to some comments that I believe it was Travis Williams made during Pirates Fest about how the Pirates were probably one of the top five spending teams as far as development goes in Major League Baseball. I got a little bit of blowback from that. I'm sure I addressed this a little bit uh, slightly on either another episode of Minor League News and Brews or, you know, Bucks in the Basement with Chris but I know I, I touched on it a little bit. So I went back and, and looked at the minor league coaching assignments, uh, the different roles and stuff that have come up since Ben Charrington and John Baker uh, have taken over. Uh, you know, Ben Charrington as the, the regular general manager, uh, John Baker as the head of, I believe it's, I always mess it up. It's like player and coaching development, which is pretty much the, you know, minor league general manager overseeing, you know, all the stuff that goes on down there. And looking back, um, pretty much starting in obviously 2021, uh, with 2020 being 
a completely lost season for the minor leagues. Uh, people thought maybe I was gonna, you know, go through and and read all, you know, who all the changes and different stuff and who was in uh, each position every year. Um, you guys can go back and do that. I mean, obviously look to see who who the coaches are this year, but kind of wanted to, you know, year by year, uh, talk about you know the different changes, mostly additions that have happened within the Pirates minor league system. Um, in 2021, everything was pretty much status quo as normal. You know, every team had a a, a manager, a, a hitting coach, a, a pitching coach, sometimes a bench coach. Uh, you had the athletic trainer. You had the strength and conditioning coaches. And everything up and down throughout the minor league system was pretty much the same. In 2022, a lot of stuff uh, was done, and this was additions. These are hires. Uh, these are new positions created uh, that did not exist under the previous regime. And I'll just kind of go down through all of these. Um, in 2022, one of the bigger things is that every single organization from top to bottom, every single affiliate, um, got a integrated baseball performance coach. Uh, for you that don't remember, John Baker was a mental health skills coach uh, in the Cubs organization. So a lot of his stuff um, is kind of based on not only the players, you know, performance on the field, but also the mental health side of that. Uh, guys that would, you know, possibly get into slumps. Uh, for whatever reason, um, I'm thinking about, I actually finally broke down and started watching uh, Ted Lasso. I know, I know, recently, I know everybody's probably already seen everything, but not the bi biggest fan of Jason Sudeikis, so, or Sudeikis, however you pronounce it, probably either one of those are not the correct, correct pronunciations. Um, but talking about like the sports psychology end of stuff. Um, so basically that integrated baseball performance coach is just, you know, integrating all of the stuff from not only the performance side, uh, but also the mental health side of things. Uh, they actually instituted uh, a, a roving catching instructor. Uh, that's Chad Noble. Um he was, I believe, the bullpen uh, catcher uh, for the Cubs for many years. So pretty much John Baker brings him over here. And, you know, that kind of makes sense with, you know, Henry Davis, Andy Rodriguez. I mean, all the other catchers within the organization and, and made, you know, that a, a point of, I guess, focus within the minor leagues. Uh, people heard, you know, Dewey Robinson, uh guy who basically was, you know, the father of pitching for the Tampa Bay Rays system, had him come in and to be a special advisor of pitching development. Um, Johnny Tucker is the minor league hitting coordinator at that point in time. Uh, Calix Crab, who, I mean, a lot of people will know now um, as being the, the manager for the Altoona Curve in 2023, 
but he at that point in time was hired as Greensboro's manager and also the assistant hitting coordinator. You have Chris Truby, uh, the middle, the minor league infield coordinator. Uh, Kieran Mattinson, uh, he was the Altoona Curve manager that year. Um, also the outfield and base running coordinator. Uh, you have Michael Chernow, and he is the assistant director of coaching and player development, so right under John Baker that year. Uh, and then Julio Sepulveda, coordinator of coaching and player development. Um, and as I mentioned, that's when, uh, within those four affiliates, that's when our boy Glenn Nutting, uh, who people always pointed out here, became the strength and conditioning coach for Greensboro. So you see them adding um, all these other positions within the minor leagues to kind of build upon, you know, what they're talking about is, is building, you know, the teams from, from the ground up. It was, you know, adding players at the lower levels. So when the rebuild is first starting, I mean, obviously people are going to point to when Charrington was hired in November of 2019. Um, but really, I look at like 2021, 2022 as where stuff really started to change within the minor leagues. Um, and even in 2023, there weren't as many um, additions. I know that they added a bullpen coach. Um, in Indianapolis, uh, Drew Bennis was promoted um, from Altoona. He was the pitching coach uh, the year before in 2022. Uh, we saw uh, Mendy Lopez come up and be the infield coach uh, on the major league staff. He was promoted from the hitting coach in Bradenton, you know, brought up to really focus on the stuff with uh, Rodolfo Castro at the time, um, but more specifically, you know, O'Neill Cruz and his transition to the major leagues. Now, I know that when people are looking at, you know, the coaching assignments for 2024, a lot of people, like I said, were looking for, you know, where John Nunnally was at, uh, pointing out Glenn Nutting, maybe looking to see um, if, you know, guys had stayed the manager at, at different places for more years. I mean, everybody will know that Miguel Perez um, is back in Indianapolis, but the things that really kind of stuck out to me a lot uh, was that each uh, level from Greensboro up to Indianapolis, so Greensboro, Altoona, and Indianapolis all added a coaching and game planning uh, coach. So, I mean, everybody may remember, and maybe you don't, uh, when Radley Haddad uh, was added to the major league staff, I think his title is like run prevention um, and game planning. Uh, and what the Pirates did here in Indianapolis, they had Chad Noble uh, previously mentioned, um, who was, you know, that roving catching instructor. Um, he's in Indianapolis. Uh, former former pirate, former major leaguer, guy with a great personality. Taylor Davis is added in Altoona, and then Ethan Goforth. He is um, 
basically was just one of those great, you know, catching minds, catching depth pieces within the Pirates minor leagues for a few years. I believe he was either down in the Florida Complex League or was down um, in the uh, DSL doing some coaching. Um, so he is going to be in Greensboro. Uh, Calix Crab, uh, no longer the manager for the Altoona Curve. Uh, he is going to be the complex hitting coach. Then here's something that, I mean, kind of ties into uh, the major league club a little bit here. I mean, there's just been a lot of stuff out there, you know, this entire offseason, last season, um, about the roles of the pitching coach and the hitting coach on the major league team basically being the the directors of the entire organization and you know so basically taking on the roles of not only you know the hitting and pitching coach for your major league team but making sure that you know everything is implemented from the top down you know Oscar Marine on the pitching side Andy Haynes on the hitting side and if you know that may be you know too overwhelming for them i believe it was pointed out at some point in time you know that other organizations had brought in assistance in those positions well you know your prayers have been answered or your complaints have been uh, filed at this point in time and so Tim McKeithrin, uh, he is the organization's assistant director of hitting. Um, and then Jeremy Bleich will be the assistant director of pitching. So you really don't have to you know, worry about that too much anymore. Uh, now it's, you know, and it's always been. If, if stuff changes, uh, if, you know, you start to see you know, the players, once they meet, they reach the major league levels, if they start to perform better, uh, obviously then the hitting and the pitching coaches will get the praise or, you know, people really won't mention their names whatsoever because it'll be like, okay, now the guys are hitting well. We're not going to be calling for their heads and different types of stuff. Uh, definitely a good move, you know, possibly an overdue move. Uh, but as always, the the performance of the major league team, it, it will go on those two guys. But at least at this point in time, they have some help. Uh, just a couple more things of note. Uh, Jonathan Johnston, who was the manager for the Bradenton Marauders uh, for the past couple of years, is now the hitting development coordinator. And I know this was mentioned uh, previously. I don't even really know if I made too much of a note about it or even if Chris did. Um, is that Justin Horowitz is the new director of amateur scouting. So, I mean, with saying all of this, it's pretty much to talk about the fact that, I mean, no matter what you thought about the Pirates minor league system, what you thought about um, the development uh, before, you know, Ben Sherrington and his crew arrived. I mean, there were some shortcomings. I mean, obviously we've seen players, you know, developed throughout the Pirates system who are on the major league team now, or who have seen most of their development. 
But, I mean, I think you can agree that there needed to be some improvements made in order for, you know, the Pirates to kind of keep up with the Joneses or a.k.a. the Dodgers, the Padres, um, and teams of the such who just really have great developments, the, the, the Rays, um, that they're going to have to put more into that uh, to be able to develop some of these players who, you know, they've identified and acquired and making sure they are successful. So, I mean, each year it kind of seems like that they are seeing where these things need to happen. I mean, I know that I'm a lot more patient than some uh, with Ben Sherrington and John Baker and, and the culture um, and the development that they are building within the Pirates minor league system. But, I mean, when you get kind of, you know, just a year stopped in 2022, um, kind of maybe even a year of assessment, I, I know that when Chris and I talk, uh, about the 2020 major league season. We talk a lot about assessment, um, trying to see what's working, what's not working, you know, who may need to be moved around here, what may need to be added. I mean, we've seen those steps taken uh, each and every year within the minor league system, uh, especially in 2022, a lot of stuff done. Um, and then 2024, adding all of these new positions, um, and really, you know, giving the minor league players just uh, additional support um, to be able to do what they need to do. Uh, the one thing I, I did forget to mention is there is a, uh, a manager of, of major league advancement or minor league advance uh, that was added this year as well. Um, and it's that, and it was added at the AAA level. And to me, that's kind of uh, something that, you know, has kind of been a, a sticking point of just any, you know, player's development as they get, you know, either stuck uh, between the, you know, AA level and the AAA level, or they can't make that advancement and those adjustments to get up to the major league level. Um, that is another position that is going to be, you know, key in the Pirates' development. But, I mean, honestly, I mean, I can, I've can i said before, I can kind of see how, you know, the Pirates would be one of those teams who is, you know, in the top five of, of development. Not saying it's, it's going to work out. Only time will tell with that. I mean, but the Pirates and, you know, the entire organization – have definitely been making some changes since Ben Sherrington came in, since John Baker come in, and especially since 2022. Getting to what I had originally planned on talking about, uh, pretty much maybe for this entire episode, it probably would have been a little bit shorter of an episode. I did the preview uh, for the international signing period. Um, at this point in time, we've seen you know Ben Charrington, we saw Bob Nutting 
uh, go down to the Dominican Academy, uh, saw, you know, all the pictures come out from Francis Romero and from Ben Badler over at uh, Baseball America, um, have seen, you know, Ethan Houlihan's you know, spreadsheets updated with, with the international signings. Uh, articles written by Anthony Murphy and his crew over at Bucks on Deck. If you don't uh, follow all of those guys, uh, they each bring you know their own specialization and, and their own talent um, to the areas. But they are all you know worth a follow. I follow all of them. I retweet all of them um, a decent amount. So please go do that. But with the international signing period. The Pirates had, and they still have some money left, but they started out with a little bit north of $7.1 million. Uh, obviously knew that the a large chunk of that was going to go uh, to two players, ones that I profiled. Go back and listen to those episodes. Uh, Braylon Brazaban, uh, outfielder from the Dominican Republic, signed for $2 million. Uh, Abdel Feliz, shortstop from the Dominican Republic, uh, signed for $1.5 million. And this is something also, again, I mean, I know the Pirates always spent, you know, all of their international bonus pool space, the, the, the amount they were eligible to spend, or at least, you know, you know, and they even at times, you know, traded to get more, uh, to be able to, to make more signings with that. Uh, but I mean, under Ben Charrington, that that's kind of just, I mean, it's, it's been put into another gear. I mean, with the uh, international signings, anything that is uh, $10,000 or below isn't counted towards that. So there's obviously going to be, you know, more money that's spent out there. But, you know, under Huntington and especially previous to that, I mean, you wouldn't see, you know, bonuses given out like this. I mean, obviously towards the end, uh, Huntington did invest you know those types of bonuses into a couple players but it's become it's been become a regular occurrence under Ben Charrington I mean obviously these guys uh, aren't as highly ranked uh, within you know MLB pipeline or baseball America or fan graphs um, as some as the, the previous signings that, that I had talked about uh, especially like a Shailene Polanco Tony Blanco Jr. You're, I mean, you're not looking at at, at that type, um, but um, I mean, it's something that you know they've been doing uh, a little bit more of. Um, and then there was, I mean, a decent amount of guys signed. There was, you know, 21 in total of the ones that we know um, about the signing numbers. Just kind of going to go through this a little bit. Um, Erwin Ramirez, a right-handed pitcher from Venezuela, uh, given $450,000. Uh, Kendrick Herrera, a shortstop from the Dominican Republic, uh, given $450,000. Uh, Edward Florentino, um, an outfielder from the Dominican Republic, $395,000. Uh, Angel Saul Herrera, 
I don't know if there's any relation to Kendrick Herrera, uh, right-handed uh, pitcher from Venezuela, $190,000. Michelle Ojeda, a second baseman from Venezuela, $100,000. Anthony Sosa, nephew of Sammy Sosa, a shortstop outfielder for the Dominican Republic, $100,000. Iverson Allen, not Allen Iverson. Pretty sure this guy probably got the most articles written about him because of his name. Outfielder out of Panama, given $300,000. And Adrian Array, a right-handed pitcher from Venezuela, uh, $50,000. The guys that we don't know uh, the bonus totals on, and these could be ones that you know, you may just not know yet, or they may be the guys that are under, you know, that that limit or that threshold of of ten thousand. Uh, we got Javier Acevedo, a catcher from Panama. Uh, Carl Calext, uh, an outfielder, and it's not really listed where he's from just yet. Uh, Jesus Lizardo, not Lazardo. A catcher from Venezuela, Reynold Navarro, a left-handed pitcher from the Dominican Republic. Uh, Frankelli Mesta, a right-handed pitcher from the Dominican Republic. Uh, Randall Martinez, a right-handed pitcher from the Dominican Republic. Jesus Tapia, a right-handed pitcher from the Dominican Republic. Rubens Romero, a right-handed pitcher from Australia. Uh, Deshandro Trump, a third baseman from Caracas. Philandro Williams, an outfielder from the Bahamas, and Angel Soriano, a left-handed pitcher from Panama. I know that was just a lot of names right there, but I want you guys, I, I wanted to read these guys' names because, I mean, this is a big deal for all of them as well, but I also wanted to point out kind of where they're from because I've noticed a little bit of, I don't know if it's a pattern or a development uh, within, you know, how uh, the Pirates scout um, these international players. But, I mean, obviously the Dominican Republic is one that is, you know, kind of the predominant place where a lot of these guys, you know, are scouted from. But I've seen an, an increase in the Pirates, uh, I guess, signings, recruitment, scouting of these players Look at the number of guys that I listed from Venezuela and Panama. Another player from Australia, because it seems to be that the Pirates are really looking towards Australia. Have seen guys from the Bahamas. But it definitely seems to be that that international net um, that I talked about uh, in a previous episode has really gotten wider and wider, you know, for the Pirates. So it's just another thing that kind of goes into, you know, that stuff that's in the development. I mean, just go look at the front office directory, the number of, you know, amateur scouts and different stuff that is out there. Like I said, I don't know if it's going to work, but it definitely seems to be that Ben Charrington and company are doing things differently. A pitcher of beer, a pitcher of beer, let's order another pitcher of beer. That pitcher of beer should come over here. I love that pitcher of beer. I was sent over the river to do a little bit of a shopping trip over in Ambridge. And anytime I cross the river, I make my way 
to Creekside Beer. It's a great beer distributor. Uh, one of my favorites. Their craft beer selection is, is pretty much uh, top-notch. Maybe even the best I've ever seen, you know, outside of a brewery. Um, they do uh, every week, I believe it's on Tuesdays, um, is usually when it comes out. They do a, a local craft beer four-pack. If you go in there, they have it in the cooler in the back. Um, and just basically, you know, a good selection of of local craft beers, all 16 ounces. The first beer, and this brewery is, is really, really growing on me, Abjuration Brew Company. They make a lot of ice cream sours, and I am not the biggest fan of sours most times. Uh, this one is their ice cream sour, a volume one, part 12, um, coming in at 5.6%. And everybody who knows me knows I do not like sours that much. And I maybe still couldn't have a ton of these, but every single time I have them, they are delicious. So I may have to, to mix up the, the weighted based on batting average a little bit, uh, I, I usually, when I put a sour down, I increase it uh, by the, uh, the 0 0.050% uh, to give it that little bit of a weight. I, I don't know. Uh, they're definitely changing my minds on this. Give this one a 400. Knock it up to 450. Uh, the next one that was in the four-pack is from Cinderland's Beer Company, and it is the Southern Squish Hazy Pale Ale all southern hemisphere hops i don't know if that's something i've ever seen before give this one a 450 knock it down to 400 and then 11th hour brewing the maddox new england pale ale another 450 knock it down to 400 and my favorite from this four pack from old thunder brewing company an IPA called Roadblocks, and that's Blocks with an X. Gave this one 475. Knock it down to 425. Guys, we are almost at the end of January. Basically means pitchers and catchers are going to be reporting. Already seen some pictures from Young Bucks um, down in Bradenton. No, a lot of the minor league players, younger players have already, you know, reported and are already starting to train in Pirate City. I'm getting excited. Going to be starting, you know, the minor league previews here for each level at some point in time here. Maybe do, uh, maybe resurrect since, I mean, a lot of people may not know I'm not writing anymore. I uh, may get back into that at some point, uh, but I, you know... I coined, you know, through the pyre, through the prospect porthole. I uh, also, you know, some top five pirates prospects. I used to do a weekly thing on that. I'm just going to be really excited to start previewing uh, the Pirates Meyer League system. I mean, all this stuff is fun to talk about, but when you know baseball is right around the corner, I get even more excited. <laughs>